Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Are you a business owner looking for help with HR benefits and payroll? MWG Employer Services offers a wide range of services and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. I was so overwhelmed with HR stuff. MWG Employer Services took all the stress out of it and even set up my payroll. I couldn't be happier. MWG Employer Services is here to help you succeed. Call us today at 601-206-7966 or go to mwgemployerservices.com. You're listening to Sports Talk Mississippi On Demand, presented by Pearl River Resort. Escape to Choctaw, Mississippi and enjoy world-class gaming, the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club, and Geyser Falls Water Park. Escape to Pearl River Resort. All across the field, and there were probably 80 players that were involved in this situation. Tuesday afternoon. Welcome to Sports Talk Mississippi, the Tuesday of Egg Bowl week. Just two days away now from the battle for the Golden Egg, Mississippi State and Ole Miss on Thursday night, Thanksgiving night from Davis Wade Stadium in Starkville. We'll, 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 we welcome you to the Pearl River Resort Studios. There are a few things right in life there. that Brian Haydad likes more than when I stumble over a couple of words. Nothing gets his attention quite like a Somebody's uh, a gotten blunder. into the Thanksgiving wine already. Good Lord. A blunder That's by it. me. Uh, Pearl River yeah. Resort Studios. Pearl River Resort is the home of the sports book at the Golden Moon Casino. Check them out online at PearlRiverResort.com. Ceasefire text line is open, 601-879-4395. Give your business the edge with gigabit fiber internet from Ceasefire Business. Check them out online at Ceasefire.com slash business. Boys, good to be with you this afternoon. We are now 51 and a half hours away until kickoff, Mississippi State and Ole Miss. And we have news about this game. We have line movement. Hey, Dad, does this mean that we're going to move our line as well? Uh, this one has gone down. Uh, Ole Miss is down to a 10-point favorite. Yesterday it was 10 and a half. I feel like we should move our line up to 21 and a half. Ah, uh, that's still where you want it to be. Sounds okay. like Lane Kiffin's mind games using a reporter. I mean, <clears throat> a legitimate... <clears throat> Uh, re- reporting about uh, the, an injured quarterback, it, it could be contributing to line movement. Who knows? I, 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 all right. So, what was it last night? Chris Lowe from ESPN last night, who has done a lot of feature stories and reporting about Ole Miss football, Lane Kiffin in particular. He even was embedded. With uh, with Ole Miss a couple of years ago, well, what game was that? Was that the Tennessee game? Maybe th- that he did that. I-, I I can't even remember. It doesn't matter. I, I remember being right. embedded on Signing Day 2016. Signing Day 2016. 
AJ and Shea Patterson and all that. He he did a long thing. Well, with that was pre Lane Kiffin, so that's yeah. yeah. To, but it's, to, I mean, he's got this, a good relationship with Ole Miss, shall we say? Yeah. Uh, he has had injury report information throughout the course of the season for Ole Miss that has been rarely accurate. Um, and uh-huh. yesterday, well, I mean, uh-huh. it's just true. I mean, it, it's true if you if you followed it throughout the course of the season, it'd be like, ah, oh, this guy's questionable today, and then they go out for warmups, and uh, there's not pe- appear to be a lot of question as to whether or not said player is going to play, but. And I don't have the Borky. You may have the yeah. Exact I'll read it to you. Here, here's what he said: Worth okay. keeping an eye on Ole Miss quarterback Jackson Dart, who was banged up in last week's game and didn't practice Monday with a short week. The Rebels will have a better feel for how healthy he is closer to Thursday's game at Mississippi State. In fairness to Chris, he did not say that he wasn't playing or his right. status was in doubt. However, um, if you believe, you know the the guy that contributed half of Jackson Dart's birth, he practiced uh, on Monday. So, <laughs> What an incredible way to describe Otherwise, his though, father. As his dad. So, I mean, because yes. I saw that right away. I have participated in two births. Congrats. Half of two births. You, you were, you were, I got a full person. You, there was a, he was a contributing Richard's got a person factor. and a third. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you, you yeah. were... You were you did half. I mean that, that's that's part of the deal. But uh, the second I saw it, I rolled my eyes because uh, of course you know where this it is takes coming, two to bro. tango, eh, hey, Dad? It does. Uh, it does. Know. It does. It, I mean, no one's denying that. <laughs> Scientifically, I, I guess there's some ways around that, but generally speaking, th- there was that. It doesn't matter. At some point, there was one on one end and one on the other. <laughs> yes. Something had to get from point A to point B. That's what we're saying. Yes. The tango. I uh, defy you to find another sports talk show giving you this kind of analysis on Egg Bowl <laughs> Week. I defy you. Anyway, I saw it in my two eyes. Because I know exactly what's happening. And, I mean, two things can be true at once. Jackson Dart's going to play. If you believe his dad, he's practicing this week. He's 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 gonna play. He's gonna start, but he is banged up. If you have eyes and you watched the Georgia and Louisiana Monroe game, you know that you know something's not right. He was he was buckling his chin, chin strap with one hand, both sides. You know how usually guys just bring them both up and unstrap and strap them in. He was doing it with one. That was a, a week after he took a gnarly hit and had to leave the game against Georgia holding that shoulder. Clearly, he's not 100%, but this was said to make you think that he may or may not play on Thursday. Hey, he's going to play, and he's practicing. Brandon Dart, contributor to the birth of Jackson Dart, according, <laughs> according to one Michael Borky. Hey. Quote, tweet, Spot response to uh, Chris Lowe's uh, worth keeping an eye on tweet. That's weird. I was at practice and can confirm Jackson taking his regular reps. Carry on. There is no need to wait. Is that is that like wire reports? He was he's you know sources he's like say. a stringer for the AP in a, in a certain way. Yeah, in, when involved in Jackson Dart's birth. I feel like Brandon though should have understood what Lane was trying to do and just went along with it. 
Or what if he's part of the ruse and it's a more elaborate plan than you actually realize? How deep does this go? Three quarterback package. Well, hell, they got four of them. Four quarterback package. Line them all up in the backfield. See what happens. And and nobody would lose eligibility. Nope. I mean, everybody's got games to burn as it pertains to a red shirt. If uh, that's even a possibility. So, uh, I mean, shenanigans, shenanigans all over the place. All of that to say, On the line side. has come down. On y'all side, we're all straight and narrow over here. More yeah. or less. Yeah, more or less. More or less. Any um, has has Greg Knotts used the four wheeler for any practice motivation this week? Uh yeah, he told Will Rogers like I'm gonna I'm gonna chase you on this, and you know it's kind it's kind of like dodge a wrench. If, if you can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball. If you can outrun a four wheeler, you can outrun a linebacker. Okay. This is the 120th meeting in one of the most played rivalry series in the country. Ole Miss leads the all-time series in games that have been played on the field, 64-47 to with six ties. That goes back to 1901 in Starkville. Ole Miss has an eight-game advantage, 23-15, to with three ties. Um, I- I'm sorry, that- that's actually not correct. That is not the on-field. The original record in the series is 64-49-6. Ole Miss had wins that were vacated in 2012 and 2014. Mississippi State had to forfeit wins in 1976 and 1977. What if we just went with the record of games that have been played where there was a scoreboard I'm in willing use? To, I'm willing to do that. I'm willing to to make that that uh, on behalf of the Bulldog delegation. Mm. I accept the Rebel delegation's proposal on that one. Um, so let it be written. So let it be done. This is the 96th battle for the Golden Egg. The trophy game began in 1927. In games in which the Egg Bowl trophy has been awarded, the Golden Egg trophy has been awarded. Ole Miss leads the all-time series 58 to 30. With five ties. According to Ole Miss records, this will be the 32nd time that the series has been played on Thanksgiving Day. Ole Miss is plus two in those games on Thanksgiving Day, 16, 14, and one. Interestingly enough, hey, Dad, and we've talked a lot in recent years about the home team kind of having the advantage. But in games that have been played in Starkville on Thanksgiving Day, Ole Miss has won 10 Mississippi State has won four. Um, mm-hmm. I have worked, I, I thought that I had stumbled across information that um, verified that this game would be played on Thanksgiving night again next year. And I sought verification of that. Oh. And, and I am told, I am told that no formal agreement has been reached in terms of this game staying on Thanksgiving after this season. However, there, however, Borky, before you applaud too loudly or too vociferously, there is an expectation that this game will be, will continue to be played on Thanksgiving. Are we going to be the, are we going to be the afternoon game on Thanksgiving day? And they put Texas, Texas A&M at night? I don't think there is an afternoon game on Thanksgiving Day. That's what he's saying. There isn't right now. 
No, I don't think so. We'll see. I do not. I do not anticipate that being the case. Do not let that come into existence, please. It's a place for crazy people. If it's sports in Mississippi, you'll hear about it here. Sports Talk Mississippi on Super Talk Mississippi. Jet Johnson and Nathaniel Buki Watson have a chance to make history. If they finish first and second in the SEC in tackles, they will have done that in back-to-back seasons, and that has never been done before with an asterisk. Tackles did not become an official stat recognized, I guess, by the NCAA, until the year 2000. So I guess it's possible that there is another team that has had the top two tacklers in the SEC in consecutive seasons. Whether or not it has happened before or not does not diminish how significant an accomplishment this is. Jet Johnson and Nathaniel Watson, two of three players in the SEC with over 100 tackles. 117 on the year by Jet Johnson, Bookie Watson with 16. And on top of that, Bookie Watson has got 10 sacks this year. That's a career high. Only player in the SEC with double-digit sacks this season. Eighth nationally in total sacks. And one of just 10 FBS players that has 10 or more sacks this season. Those two guys, like, reliable is not even close to a descriptive enough word. I mean, it feels like the right word, but it's not nearly descriptive enough to describe what they have been the last two years in the middle of that Mississippi State defense. I mean, you just put their their names in ink, and you can almost put 10 and 10 for tackles in ink with those two guys. They're They're just going to show up every week. If you're a Mississippi State fan, that is the one thing you don't have to worry about. It's been really, really impressive. So, um, they will be vitally Is your Connerly vote being swayed here by any of this? I mean, I, I look at this game coming up. Like, right now, I think I've said, I'm leaning towards Patrick Shegok. I don't feel like any of the big school guys have been overly impressive. But if, but if Bookie Watson comes out and ha- has 10, 12 tackles, and has a sack, he leads the SEC in sacks, he's going to be first-team All-SEC, that's got to count for something. Or if Judkins has a monster game and, and leads Ole Miss to victory and he adds 150, 160 yards rushing and goes over 1,000, I mean, that's gotta, I, I, it's got to count for something. So this is one of those games where you know it's kind of up yeah. in the air for me. And I guess this weekend if Gore has a big week game against uh, Troy, could count for something. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I think all of that is in play. I mean, Patrick Sheegock's got more football to play as well as you know, Delta yeah. State continues its to, to me, those, I mean, certainly those are the four names under consideration. And and I mean this, I, it, it's going to be taken, I, I just don't mean it this way. No disrespect to Frank Gore, but for me, 
the biggest consideration that I'm giving is to those other three for for my kind of one, two, three in terms of of rankings. I mean, I don't. We're not talking about the same level of secrecy that exists with Heisman ballots. I I don't mind saying that as we sit here, you know, I don't know, actually. A week ago, a a week ago, and I think I said this to Borky, I believe that Quinshawn Judkins is the best football player in the state of Mississippi. Mm -hmm. And because this is the award that goes to the best college football player in the state of Mississippi, I felt comfortable in saying he was the guy that I would vote number one. And I would have put Bookie Watson number two and Patrick Shegog number three. But as I've continued to look at Shegog's numbers and continue to see what he means to that football team, he does not turn it over. He makes plays with his arms and he makes his arm and he makes plays with his feet. I'm reexamining the entire thing. And hey, Dad, your point is a great one. Now, I do think it would take a Mississippi State win and not just a great individual performance for Buki Watson to get my first place vote. But, but if Mississippi State were to win, were to pull off an upset, and it included a night where, let's say, Buki Watson has 14 tackles with two sacks and four tackles for loss, and he forces a fumble, and that directly leads to Mississippi State's win. Yeah, I, I think I think that's a scenario where I would vote him first. I'm not turning in my ballot until till Sunday. I'm, I'm going to wait till the last second. I want to see how all these things play out. I, I think that's entirely reasonable. I do. And I mean, look if if we were counting, and it's supposed to be on this year alone, right? Right. It, it, right. It, it's not. It's not a career achievement award. It's a this season. If we were counting last year's bowl game. In the numbers, then all of a sudden Frank Gore, I'm looking at that differently because of what he did in the bowl game for Southern Miss a year ago. But based on what has happened on the field this year, it's hard for me to make Frank Gore one of my top three in terms of the way I vote. And look, Judkins the has not half had of the season just hurt killed him. It, it did. It did. And I know that Quinchon Judkins had a little bit of a slow start to the year. But the fact of the matter is assuming he has just a, like he even scratches on Thursday night, he is going to become the second Ole Miss back in school history to have back-to-back 1,000-yard rushing seasons. And a 1,000-yard rushing, regardless of how you get there, has always been the barometer for that's a great back. But Judkins' numbers were so good a year ago as a freshman that it's kind of skewed how we look at his numbers. And he's, st- he's still got, is it 14 or 15 touchdowns? 14 rushing touchdowns on the season? I think he leads the SEC in that category. It's, yeah, it's 14. 933 I... yards, 14 rushing touchdowns, 85 yards a game, 15 total touchdowns. He's gone over 100 yards four times and has four multi-rushing yeah, touchdown does, yeah. games. It's been really good. Yeah. Leads the SEC in his seventh nationally in rushing touchdowns. But, but yeah, your question, I mean, 100% legitimate question. And ultimately the answer is yes. Yes, the outcome of Thursday night, the outcome of Saturday for Delta State, could absolutely sway my vote one way or the other. Yeah. 
Because it cool. should be, right? Yeah. Yeah, this is a season-long award, so it's got to it's got to involve the whole season. If you have the, if you save your best for last, and that's how it is. Uh, somebody says it's also. Let's see here. Um, fair to wonder how. Uh, that's yesterday. What if you put Judkins at Delta State? Can you imagine? He'd be really good. Yeah, but that's true about just about any SEC starter at a, at a. You know, at a Delta State or a school like that. So it makes it an award that spans multiple levels so difficult to give out. Because, I mean, put Ulysses yeah. Bentley, with all due respect to Delta State, we That's... gave an important shout-out yesterday. They got the playoffs coming up, but put Bentley on him. Put Jam Griffin on him. Ole Miss's third string That's why back. this... I feel like this this award is misnamed sometimes. Like, or, or, or mis, misawarded. Like, it should not be the best... The best college football player in Mississippi last year... Was was Judkins, Forbes was second. That's how the Connerly Trophy voting went, and the NFL will will agree with that assessment that we just had. But I mean, Shegog's having an outstanding season. He's led his team this far, and in, in he's in the playoffs. He's having a great year. I know that Patrick Shegog is not as talented a football player as Quinshawn Judkins is. I know that, but. This award should be more about like who had the best season at their school, and that way you, you can you say okay, yeah, he played against his. You can only play against your playing against, and just go from there. Judkins has not had as good a season statistically. He hasn't meant as much to his team as Shegog has meant. That's how I wish this award was set up. Otherwise, it just becomes like who's the best NFL draft prospect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's that's a good point. It's a really good point, and the whole. Well, if you put Patrick Shegog on Mississippi State or Ole Miss or Southern Miss's roster, how good would he be? We have no idea, no way of knowing that. Yeah. But we do know that where he plays, he has been phenomenal and has been instrumental to the success. By the way, we were talking about Connerly Trophy winners from Delta State yesterday, and I, I made a mistake. Treg Thomas was the 1996 winner. Just full disclosure, I didn't have the entire list in front of me, and certainly I know that name, and uh, he was a really, really good player running back at, uh, at Delta State. Uh, so I was not trying to omit that. I just That one just slipped my mind. Uh, so two winners from Delta State, 96 and 2000 with Treg Thomas and um, Josh Bright in, uh, in 2000 as well. So, and, and then somebody said, hey, what, do you, what if you put Frank Gore Jr. on Delta State's team? Dominant. Uh, of course Dominant he would player. be. Of course he would be. So, um, so hey, Dad, you would you would suggest that you change the award to player that means the most to their team, like a most valuable player award, an MVP. Yeah, because that's different than best. Yeah, it is. It absolutely is. Sports Talk Mississippi streaming at supertalk.fm and supertalk TV. When we come back, we will talk to a former Ole Miss coach, uh, not coach, former Ole Miss quarterback and current sideline analyst on the Ole Miss Sports Network. Number four, John Darnell joins us coming up next on the Farm Bureau Guest Line. Podcasts or Sports Talk Mississippi. Finally. Finally. On Super Talk Mississippi, the Super Talk app, and at supertalk.fm. <laughs> Look at that 
image of Richard Cross. Oh, man, that is... Uh... <laughs> so I have your connection back, Richard. Are you there? I'm back. Yeah, I'm okay, back. Okay, good. All right. I, I told John already that it's going to be me, so he's going to be disappointed to, to find out that, you are, uh, that you're back, unfortunately. But anyway, I wasn't sure, so here we go. Uh, apparently, no more disappointed than he was when uh, Greg Sankey thought he was eye on the uh, sideline a couple of weeks ago. John Darnell joins us on the Farm Bureau guest line. So, what was that? You sent me that message, and I was in the middle of something, and I was like, "Wait, what?" <laughs> uh, well, it, it had to be because it, you know Georgia pregame was crazy. Kurt Herbstreit has his dog out there running around during warmups, and then. Uh, I mean, I just looked up. Greg Sankey was walking straight towards me, and I was like, he has no idea who I am. Why is he walking towards me? And I was thinking, he thinks I'm Richard Cross. <laughs> and uh, he walked up and said, uh, you got enough layers on? And I said, I think so, and shook my hand and kept walking. I thought, well, he realized I wasn't Richard Cross, so he just didn't felt dumb and walked away. So oh. that was the story. But <laughs> Always, uh, you should have been, been like, I, I don't know. I don't know what you should have said in terms of the response. <laughs> well, I didn't know what to say. He walked away so fast. I was like, yeah. well, he just thought I was Richard Cross, so I'll just play along with it. Well, I mean, that stands to reason. He would have just kept on walking if it was me anyway. So <laughs> maybe that uh, maybe that does make sense. Uh, John Darnell, former quarterback at Ole Miss, the sideline reporter on the Ole Miss Sports Network for football. He will be in Starkville on uh, on Thursday night for Thanksgiving. Uh, did not play in Starkville, though. Uh, you were, I guess there was one more game in Jackson after you finished your eligibility. So, so three games against Mississippi State, two and one in those three games. Is that right? Uh, that I played in, correct. Yes. Okay. What, um, yeah. what, what stands out for you when you think back about your Egg Bowl games? Uh, well, see, it was, we like, we talk about this every year, but just, uh, you know, the, the amount of Mississippi guys we had on our roster and the, the amount they had on their roster. I mean, I think back in a, and back then it was a North South All Stars <clears throat> that played again. That's the only All Star game we had. We didn't have the Alabama Mississippi All Star game. And I remember nine guys off the North went to Mississippi State. And we had like six that went to Ole Miss. And then on the South, it was, you know, four or five went to Ole Miss and five or six more that went to Mississippi State. So, we had played that, you know, been down there that whole week and played against each other and got to know these guys pretty well. And then obviously played against some in high school. So it was, uh, you know, it was almost like, you know, you get down to the last, last game and it, uh, you know, not only is it a rival for the fans, but you want to beat the guys that you played with and played against in high school. So that's kind of what I remember the most. Um, and then, you know, having to play in Jackson when it being like a neutral, neutral crowd so um and it always rained always rained i mean i think we talked about this last year i think i think bo russell said in our thing last year that they spotted the ball one time and the ball floated away i I would not doubt that it was Mm -hmm. it it rained so bad um in that one particular game but seemed like it rained every year john did you guys ever talk when you were playing about, man, I wish we could play these games on campus, was there any any buzz or any whisper that that might be coming? Never even thought about it too much for this game, but I know that when we were playing, when we were at Ole Miss, I had to travel to Jackson to play LSU or Arkansas. We did not like that. That was not fun because it felt like we were having to travel 
further than the other team sometimes and, um, you know, stay in Jackson and play. And I know that was good for the Jackson people and, and the fans and everything to have to drive to Oxford. But we would have loved to have played every home game uh, on campus for sure. And, and we're at a point now where it's almost impossible to imagine any other way. I mean, 1991 was the first year it was back on campus, and the idea of going somewhere other than Oxford or Starkville for this game right now, I mean, it's a foreign concept. Oh, that's, that's right. I mean, it's so much better on campus. I mean, I know the opposing fans don't like going to the other place, but it's just so much better and so much better atmosphere at both places, you know, home and away. You said earlier that uh, we talk about this every year, and here's another thing that, that I ask you about every time we visit, and sorry for not being more original with my questions, no. but the 1990 game in Jackson, which was the last off-campus game between these two teams, if I remember correctly, you were a graduate assistant on staff right. then, and that was the yeah. year that had the massive fight. And, and I remember listening on the radio, and I think it was Lyman Helms, and he was like, I've never seen anything like this. They're fighting from one end zone to the other. It was spread all over the place. Uh, re- remind us uh, about that story and how it unfolded. That, that's the honest truth. I mean, it did cover almost 100 yards, and it's hard to imagine now um, that, how much coverage would that would get if it happened now. Um, but it did. And I, and I, you know, going back to it's, it's, um, debatable who started that fight, but it was either Jay Hobson, who's in South Alabama now, that was the head coach at Southern Miss and Alcorn State, and was at Mississippi State for the last, um, up until this year, the last two or three years yeah. on staff there. It was either him or Jeff Carter, that's the head coach, football coach at Pontotoc High School right now, both very good friends of mine, but they debate over who started that, and, um, it was a punt return. And, uh, you know, one, one push led to a punch and then the punch led to another guy coming in and then somebody coming off the bench and then more people coming off the bench. And then, you know, there were people down. I can remember being in the press box saying, you know, we, we were talking to the coaches on the bench saying, Hey, you got three on one down here on the five yard line. Get down <laughs> to the five yard line, you know, near the dressing room. You got three Mississippi State guys on one, one old Miss guy, you know, or. So and so's got his helmet off. They're they're you know they're punching him, and and they, it was just the wildest thing. And and uh, can't remember how long it took to clear clear all the, the field off or who got penalties or what. But I believe that's how it started. Um, it was on a punt return, and those two guys were involved. Well, there've been a, a few dust ups since then as well. Who knows if this year will uh, include that? I asked K Dad yesterday to put odds on a, a pregame uh, fisticuffs, and I don't know if we came to any. Like jawing back and forth, maybe pushing and shoving, but in terms of a full-on fight, seems unlikely. I don't know. Yeah, it does. Seems like both coaches now are, you know, well, you know, I don't know how Greg Knox will approach it, but I can't imagine him approaching it any other way than than what they've done the last several years, and that's just a, you know, kind of a friendly friendly rivalry, uh, you know, as far as pregame and everything goes, and uh, the talk is kind of that kind of, you know, after. Tuberville and Cheryl and and some of that kind of I guess maybe Mullen too. Yeah. Um, that's kind of worn off a little bit, I believe. Yeah, seems to have uh, a little bit. All right, so the game itself this week. I mean, Ole Miss obviously has had a better season than Mississippi State has. Bulldogs playing for bowl eligibility. Ole Miss playing for a ten-win season. What what do you make when you you look at this matchup between the two? Well, um, you know, Ole Miss has. Had a great year. It's been a fun year. I mean, but when you when you look at the teams Ole Miss has beaten, you know, you look at they beat A and M, they beat uh, 
Arkansas, Auburn, Georgia Tech, Tulane, um, and LSU. I mean, you look at some of the teams that, that Ole Miss beat and that beat Mississippi State, that doesn't even matter in this game. <laughs> I mean, you can't justify like saying, well, since we beat LSU and they got killed by LSU, then you feel like we're going to win the game. It doesn't necessarily mean that. I mean, I think the matchup is different every week, and I think um, Ole Miss has a tough matchup. This defense, Mississippi State, to me, reminds me, just watching them on film, reminds me a lot of Tulane's defense, and that doesn't, that's not a, a slight on Mississippi State. Tulane's 10 and 1 and has a great defense. Um, I think they're 10 and 1. Yeah. Anyway, they, they do a lot of things to present problems for the offense, and, um, you know, Ole Miss has got some dynamic playmakers, don't get me wrong. They got two good backs, they've got, Four guys that can absolutely catch it and um, a guy that can throw it and get it to them. But the offensive line is really banged up. And and to me, that kind of evens things out as far as the, the scheme that Mississippi State has on defense and what Ole Miss brings to the table on offense. And I know having Will Rogers back and a running back back and then you know kind of rallying the troops. I'm not trying to talk like Lou Holtz here, but I'm just saying, looking at the whole matchup, what <laughs> He's you poor said. Mouthing. What you said is, uh, I think it all makes sense. I really do. And, um, you know, just being in Starville and, and, uh, being a big underdog, uh, I think they're going to come with everything. And, and, uh, people always say, doesn't matter what the records are, you know, um, most of the time it doesn't. And, um, and I don't think that's, uh, any different this year. I think, uh, it's going to be a really close football game. Let me ask you this. And I'm not trying to paint you into a corner when I say this, but, but the flip side of throw the records out. Do you not approach this and you go, look, like if you're Lane Kiffin talking to your team, you're a better football team than they are. Go out and play well and win the game. It's just that simple. You're better than they are. Go beat them. Is that part of the message? Well, you would you would think Ole Miss would have somewhat some confidence and in, in, you know knowing that they they're nine and two, looking for number ten, and have beaten some really good football teams. And, and can be really good at times, but they can be really inconsistent at times. Yeah. And so I think the message is you got to go out and execute, um, you know, as good as you have all year against anybody if you expect to, to win this football game. And like I said, last weekend was a kind of a makeshift offensive line, move center to guard, you know, somebody else to center, somebody else to tackle. That causes some problems in your offense, especially yeah, when you run the kind, kind of offense Ole Miss does. So, We'll see on that. But, um, yeah, I mean, I would think Ole Miss would have a lot of confidence coming in. They feel like they've got a good football team, got really good players. Um, but then you look at the other side, nothing to lose. Nothing yeah, to lose. They're going to come at you like, uh, you know, like they haven't all year against anybody else. And you just know that. John, thanks for your time. Happy Thanksgiving. Yeah, you guys too. Our sports talk, Mississippi. Hey, it's go time. Sports Talk Mississippi. Well, say something. Super Talk Mississippi. Ceasefire text line that says John is one and oh as an offensive coordinator for Charity Bowl at Ole Miss as well. You're good to know. Need a guy to call your plays. He's uh he might be for hire. Uh, appreciate John Darnell joining us on the Farm Bureau guest line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team Mississippi Farm Bureau. I have a question for the two of you, and it has nothing to do with the egg bowl. 
I have never brined a turkey before. It's just not part of my process. There are a lot of people that say you just can't cook a turkey if you don't brine it. Uh, I've had good results not going through that part of the process. And, and, and when I say I haven't brined it, I mean I have not done the, like, submerge it in a saltwater-based liquid solution. I kind of do the same thing with my turkeys that I do with chicken quarters when I do them. I rub them down with Wesson oil and salt them pretty heavily overnight, the night before they go on. So maybe that accomplishes the same thing. Do I need to be doing this? Yes. Am am, am I messing up by not? I don't do it. It can only help. It doesn't hurt. How are you cooking the turkey? On, 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 on. Yeah, smoking. No. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, so if you're not making gravy out of your turkey drippings, then it's fine. Yeah. So I, I think I've thought so I'm I'm smoking four turkeys. I've got two big ones, like two eighteen pound turkeys and then two twelve pound ones. And I always go with a little, like, I despise dry turkey, and so I go, I don't know, for whatever reason, I've decided that a little bit more of a citrus flavor to it, like a, almost like a Cajun citrus, if you will. So I, I do the big disposable aluminum pans, and I actually, it's all, I almost treat it like a bathtub. I do a, a mix of apple juice, cranberry juice, lemon juice, and a little bit of lime juice that they actually sit in while they cook. Rub them down, stuff them with oranges, apples, lemons, limes, plug an apple in the butt, and then kind of give it like a sprinkling of Lowry's and Tony Sashery's on top. It's always turned out great. It just kind of works for me, but I'm open to suggestions if it's worth Man, I, I brine and inject it. I, I do both. I, I think it's it's just so easy to dry turkey out. And I go over the top to make sure I don't. And so I will I will brine, I will Cajun butter inject, and I, and I will smoke it uh, just like you will. Um, low temperature as well. I mean, I, I hate dry turkey. And I like yeah. eating it, but I and it's so easy. So often people just like throw it in the oven at 350 and... You know, just with some stuff on top, and and you try to eat it, and it's fine, but it's dry, and everybody knows it, and you have to like chew it a lot, and that's the worst. So I make sure it is but literally the, the opposite, right? But if you can, hey, that ate my turkey last year. It was great. Mm. Smoking turkey is the way to go. I think it's better than fried. People swear by fried turkey. Nah, smoking's better. I, I don't. I don't like fried turkey. I, I haven't really ever done that. Uh, they'll go on the grill somewhere between 2 and 3 a.m. Thursday morning, and they'll come off mid-morning. So about seven hours, give or take. What, at like 2.25? Yeah, that's where it finishes. I, I try not to add charcoal during the cooking process because it kind of flames up and you get more like ash in there than you want. So I start with a really – I start with about 40 pounds of charcoal and one end of the grill – it's one of those big, like, propane tank grills, like the 500-gallon one you see in the side yard. It's got two doors on it. So I build a fire down on the yeah. far end and then just kind of draw the smoke through it. So. Yeah. 
Cook mine in the oven. Cook it for three hours, rest it for three hours. <laughs> Dwayne and Brandon says uh, his family usually has the Christmas vacation turkey. <laughs> Car- Is that the sound for you, Dwayne? <laughs> Save the neck for me, Clark. Yeah. Uh, we have somebody directing me to Malcolm Reed. Paul and Brandon says, with turkeys, less is more butter and broth. Uh, Mad Max season on a green egg makes a, a mean turkey. Yeah, that would work if I was doing one, but I'm cooking four. So I, I got to use the, the method that I've I've got. So this is buttermilk marinade. No. It's not fried chicken. It's not fried chicken. Hmm. Somebody said, what do you not like about fried turkey? I, I think I have... I think the fried turkey that I've had has been dry. Me and so too. I'm just convinced that all fried turkeys are dry, which I know is not actually true, but nevertheless. Uh, brine to turkey is the only way to do it. Richard, I've done turkeys both ways, and I can't tell the difference. That's from Keith and Vaden. Okay. I mean, if you cook it correctly, then you're going to maintain its moisture. But it's just it's so easy to dry it out so fast. That's why I do it. Yeah. I also get a you-can-buy-a-brine bucket kit for turkeys. Uh, I've got a brine bucket kit, a five-gallon bucket and a brine bag. <laughs> Sports Talk Mississippi, 4 o'clock hour, coming up next. We're back with you right after this. The Egg Bowl, Ole Miss, Mississippi State, the battle for the golden egg. You think this one won't go down in the books as one of the classics of the Ole Miss Mississippi State Series? It really has to. No matter how it comes out, no matter who wins it, this has been one whale of a football game. A rivalry steeped in history. One of the longest uninterrupted series in the country. And it's what the entire state talks about every fall. Waiting for the snap. There it is. It is placed down. There's the kick. It turns. It turns. It is no good. And that ball was held up by the wind, blew it completely to the left of the kicker in the goal post. He was plenty high and plenty long. This is unbelievable. We are counting down to the 2023 Egg Bowl. This is Sports Talk Mississippi in the Pearl River Resort studio. Pearl River Resort, the home of the sportsbook at the Golden Moon Casino. Visit them online at pearlriverresort.com. So let's talk about this matchup on Thursday night. Egg Bowl night, Thanksgiving night. Richard Cross, Michael Borky, and Brian Haydad, glad to be with you. Haydad, let's start here. And, and, and Borky, you'd be thinking along these lines as well. Most important player. Let's do that for, for both teams. And let's do it on both sides of the ball. So, hey, let's start with Mississippi State. Who is the single most important player for Mississippi State in this game against Ole Miss on the offensive side of the ball and on the defensive side of the ball? I mean, on the offense, there can't be any any debate. <clears throat> Excuse me, there can't be any debate. That it's Will Rogers. Uh, he has to play well. He he can't. Mississippi State isn't good enough defensively, and isn't good enough in the running game this year to survive another game like he had last season. 
He needs to play like he played in his first Egg Bowl, where he set a, an Egg Bowl passing record in that game. I'm not saying he's going to throw for 450 yards against the Rebels Thursday night, but he needs to be on target. He needs to be able to hit his receivers down the field, uh, and he needs to be able to to you know not turn the ball over. And if he plays like he played last year, Ole Miss is going to win this game. I mean, never mind 21 points, Richard. I might want if you told me right now that I was going to get Will Rogers' stat line from last season, I want 42 points from you. I mean, that that's how key he is to this game. He has to play well. No question about it. What does playing well look like? Two fifty plus, couple of scores, no turnovers. I think that a stat line like that in state's probably in the game. All right, so so let's hold that thought right there. And Borky, let's go to the most important defensive player for Ole Miss because I feel like those two things kind of dovetail, and then we'll flip it around and do it the other way. Ooh, uh, is this uh, Shanti Sistrunk uh, an appropriate answer? Uh, because I think Mississippi State's going to try to line up and run right at Ole Miss. And so I think because they rotate so many guys on the defensive line that it's hard to just pick one that needs to have a good game. They all kind of have to play well, and they all play so much that it's hard to just single out one. I think that they're going to have to have really good, solid linebacker play, and he's given you that at uh, at times this year. But I mean, if if last Saturday was any indication, Mississippi State's going to try to line up and, and run the football uh, at Ole Miss. So you need a really good night from your linebackers, and, and I singled him out, uh, especially because of what he had to say this week. He He's a Mississippi guy that is well aware of what's on the line here, but uh, he's been capable, especially in stopping the run, and, and they need to do it and need him to do it again. I don't think I disagree with your premise, and I know that I'm not really answering the question the way I asked it when I point out a single player. But I just wonder about the trio up front of J.J. Pegues and Xavion Harris and Jared Ivey. Yeah, you're cheating. I, I, I understand that, but but I'm, I'm, you know. Yeah, it's all right. You, you, you made the you, rules, so. You make up the game, you can change the rules. I think the, the whole offensive line is it for State. They All five guys have got to protect. We're not talking about Mississippi State right now. Just hold tight just for a second. Uh it, no, but but to your point, Morgie, if the game plan is what we saw against Southern Miss, and that was run at what two to one, was it forty two rush attempts and twenty? I don't know. It was like twenty seven or twenty five pass attempts, twenty three pass attempts, something like that. Then those three up front need to have big games. They need to be occupying those offensive linemen and not allowing them to easily get off blocks to get to the second level so that, to your point, Borky Ole Miss's linebackers can... I realize I just blew this whole exercise out of the water. My That's apologies. Fine. But, but My that, apologies. that is... I mean, Ole Miss has been productive as a defense, especially on the defensive line, against the, the bad offenses that they've played. This year, they've been highly productive against the not elite teams that that they have played, and because I think you have a bunch of solid guys on the defensive line, uh, none of which uh, I would call elite. I mean, I think Pegues is going to get a shot at the next level. I think Cedric Johnson is going to get a shot, but none of those guys. Uh, I mean, there's no, you know, Marquise Haynes uh, on the Ole Miss defense, right? But they're all really, really solid, and, and a, a group of really solid guys that understand their roles and assignments have feasted. On, on bad offenses this year, and so it's hard to single out just one because they're they're all kind of, 
I mean, maybe that's an oversimplification, but it feels like they're all kind of the same guy. It's really solid. Know their role, know their assignments, and and they play good football. It's just they don't have that upper-tier guy that's just going to dominate a game. And so you need contributions from all of them for it to work. Yeah. If, if Ole Miss executes its game plan the way you've executed this segment, State has a real chance, Richard. <laughs> hey, Dad, who's Mississippi State's most important player on defense? <laughs> it's got to be Buki Watson, doesn't well, it? Well, there's seven I mean, guys <laughs> that really... <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you about our third-string cornerback. Um, I mean, Watson or Johnson. I, 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 don't, I don't care which one. Ole Miss is... You know, last year that's how State won the game is they were able to dominate Ole Miss in the line of scrimmage. Judkins could not get going. It's got to be the same way. Here's the thing: if you put the game into Dart's hands, he's totally capable of winning the game. He's totally capable of winning the game with his arm. That's not that's not saying that Ole Miss can't win if State is able to bottle up Ole Miss's running game. But man, it gives you a much better chance if if you're keeping Judkins and Bentley and Dart as a runner. At check, and that's Watson and Johnson's job. So I'll go with Watson because he's been just a little bit better this year. But those two guys, they're the, again, State has easy answers, in my opinion. All right. So let, let me. Are we doing an me, X factor after this? Uh, maybe so. I, we'll see. Okay. Let, let me throw you a curveball then on Ole Miss's most important player because the easy answer is Jackson Dart. Right, that that's the easy answer because he can affect the game with his arm. He can affect it with his legs. He's a veteran. He's seen everything. There's nothing that the defense is going to do that's going to surprise him. But you referenced last year's game and Ole Miss's inability to run the football. Most important offensive player for Ole Miss in this game, Caden Priestcorn. Tight end who can line up in different places. He has become more active in the passing game. Had a touchdown reception last week. I think he had five catches. He has made some big catches, but it's even less about his pass-catching ability and more about his ability to factor in as an extra blocker in the run game to get the combination of Quinshawn Judkins and Ulysses Bentley going. I know that may be out there a little bit, but let's go Let's go Caden Prescorn is the most important player. Not the best player, the most important player for Ole Miss offensively. And especially blocking, too. I mean, if State's going to try to sell out to stop the run, then, I mean... He'll be useful. The free space is Jaden Williams. That's your free space. Uh, he needs to play. Yeah, they, they need him to to play and bring stability back to the offensive line. And I imagine with a you know a few more days to prepare that, and also not running everything super vanilla. Upon rewatch of the ULM game, they very much tried to just win with nothing and and just get through it. But he needs to play. Um. I said to Hey that earlier, Dayton Wade. So everybody knows what Trey Harris can do and is capable of. I think it would be really stupid for Mississippi State to allow him to be covered by one person. I would expect them to try to take him away. And if they do just allow anybody to line up on him one-on-one, well then uh, Ole Miss will be walking off the field with the trophy. So if they're going to bracket him, Wade has been explosive and electric and really good in space, and, and he is... Very much a matchup advantage against all but basically Georgia's third cornerback or safety that's going to be covering him. So there, I expect there to be opportunities for, for Watkins and especially Wade to, to feast on a secondary that has given up a lot of points and yards this year.
You guys are going to have to forgive me. You know I've been hit or miss in my ability to watch Ole Miss games, and a lot of times it's happened while broadcasting another game. Who is Charlie Pollock? Ole Miss as a team has six interceptions this year. Jackson Dart has thrown five. Charlie Pollock has thrown That was when they, uh, at Auburn, when they botched the, he's the holder. Okay. Okay. Yeah, isn't he the uh, the guy that w- was at the frat house when they needed somebody to come in and, and spell the punter? And so I, I, it, I will I will defer to you on that. I, I think it's we'll that guy. With. But he's yeah, played that's... in eleven games this year. I just couldn't come up with that other interception. The the greater point that I was getting to, Ole Miss has not turned the football over this year. That's one of those things that's scary to say out loud. Jackson Dart's thrown five interceptions, and Ole Miss has lost one fumble this season. That's Incredible. That's how you keep a lesser team in a game, too. The inverse, anyway. Yeah. Sports Talk Mississippi. Egg Bowl should be fun. We'll be back with you right after this. You're number one for Sports Talk. Anyone? 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 Come on, don't be shy. Sports Talk Mississippi. Bingo, man, bingo. Super Talk Mississippi. Brandon, Will's receivers must catch the easy passes. Yeah. Patrick Mahomes would like a word. But, but yes, yes, too many drops last week for Mississippi State. It's kind of been a plague on them this year. I, I'm sorry. Actually, hold on, hold on just a second. Hey, just a second. I would like to open the floor to you for as long as you would like and issue a public apology. Yeah. On the ceasefire text line, you can be a part of the conversation. 601-879-4395. Uh, I apparently owe Mr. Brian Hadid a, a a public apology. Richard, could you be a little less rude and maybe let Brian speak? Sir, the floor is yours. Very good. All right, good talk. <laughs> <laughs> So, I don't know if you remember, the last time you were like, somebody had called you a jerk for not letting me talk, was the day of the, uh, when, when Fabian Lovett and Jerry and Jones and all that went down, and they, they were going to go to Ole Miss, and they didn't, and so you were like, so I don't want to be called a jerk, so Brian, the, the floor is yours, and I was like, thank you, and the first thing I said was, well, Ole Miss is cheating again, and you were just like, no, <laughs> that was the thing that I you so. horses rear. <laughs> you son of a. Anyway. No, no, no. Have you anything to say, though? I, I, I Apparently, I was incredibly rude and did not allow I, you to speak your piece. I thought I said everything that needed to be said. I, I, I didn't realize I was being. I, you must be really good. You're like one of those people who, like, you know, gaslights people into not understanding. Because I thought I got everything I wanted to say out. And apparently you interrupted me, and I did not even realize you're a smooth operator. That I did not even realize I had been interrupted. I think the truth of the matter is, I wanted to make sure you were mm-hmm. through before I started there. I was done. Yes, I was done. Yes. Yeah. I I think the truth of the matter is, how how long have we worked together? 
I could look it up again. <laughs> I had the exact like five years, three months, uh, I think five like twenty five days. Yeah, 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 something like that. Yeah. So, so this is our sixth football season together. Correct. So okay. this is the sixth egg bowl we've done. So the truth of the matter is, we've worked together a really long time. Yeah. And it's almost like we just have kind of a flowing conversation like you would with one of your buddies if you were sitting at the water cooler, the proverbial water cooler, mm-hmm. or the bar, where it's just kind of like point, counterpoint, point, and like you just kind of keep going. Yeah. Almost to the point of occasionally finishing each other's sentences? It has been known to happen. Sometimes. Are you saying you're my friend? I mean... We, In the are, way that Harvey friends? Specter is Lewis Litt's friend, sure. Oh, you're not. I don't even know who those people are. Where are you? I'm about halfway through season eight, the last year. Oh last wow. Season. Okay, so then they are then they are very much friends now at this point in the show. Who are those people? What suits. show is this? Suits. On oh, Netflix. I don't watch suits. I don't watch suits. Where the suits. former prince of whatever. Uh, where, where oh, yeah, Meghan Markle yeah. was one of the characters on there. Oh, okay. Good for her. What's the, she doing the, now? The Duchess of Beverly Hills or something. She's getting her podcast oh, okay. canceled because they paid her like $10 million to do podcasts. Privacy. And she was... You guys saw this story, right? So so she got yes, paid a bunch of money to, to record like we a, a once a week on it. podcast. We talked about privacy. Yeah, where we talked about... God, South Park's the best. Uh, Richard, do you know this story? <laughs> I want my privacy. So, yeah, yeah I mean, loosely. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah well. so they were supposed to do, but they got paid millions of dollars up front to do a few podcast episodes on Spotify or whatever. She was so, uh, I guess lazy is the right word or whatever, that, that the producer of the podcast would do the interview. And then she would record the questions later, and they would edit the questions into the interview. So she didn't have to do the interview. But- and they got Did caught. you hear that there was a fo- there was a follow up kind of thing to that, where we found out that that producer was Carissa Thompson, and she was just making up the answers. <laughs> Boy, that oh, yeah, yeah. I talked to Tom Hanks. He said, uh, "Forrest Gump, great movie. Loved making it." I I actually find Meghan Markle to be more likable post watching her for seven seasons of Suits than when like. I would just okay. You know how not really in tune to pop culture and online things that I am. Uh, it's true. I, I know I, I will surprise you from time to time, but generally speaking, not super locked in. I was like a season and a half into the into the show before I connected the dots. I'm like, oh wait, this is yeah, this is Harry's wife. <laughs> okay, Meghan Markle. Oh oh, okay yeah, and um. Uh, oh, uh, Catherine Heigl that comes in later in the show. Right, right, you, right. You ready to make this thing full circle? So I tell people all the time, I didn't grow up in Mississippi, but the six mm. degrees of separation are reduced down to two if you have ties to Ole Miss, I swear. Um, Catherine Heigl married Josh Kelly, the, mm-hmm. the, the singer, who went to Ole Miss. Right. It's like, how random is that? Just It's down to two. If you have ties to the University of Mississippi, you are two degrees away from every person in this country, I swear. It's so weird. So it's all those out of state students they have. Yeah, that's probably part of it. Catherine Heigl, yeah. better on Grey's Anatomy or Suits? Can watch Grey's Anatomy. 
Gosh, I'd have to think about that and watch those shows. Mm. Great and knocked up. So very good movie. So funny movie. I happen to know (laughs) Grey's Anatomy is like 18 years old now. From from when that started, because 2006, the year that Jane and I got married, like we watched a ton of Grey's Anatomy starting at the beginning. So yeah. Anyway. Patrick uh, Dempsey was named Sexiest Man Alive this year. I finished second. Really? No, you didn't. Jason Kelsey finished second, which is a huge boost for the big men of America. Number two. Jason Kelsey did, not Travis Kelsey? Jason Kelsey. He's a a pretty burly, manly man, isn't he? He is. He is. (laughs) He is a machine. That that video of him last night, a pulling yeah. center, just get out of the way. I mean, outruns Like, everybody. you can score. You can score. I'm not going to get in your way. He's special, man. So, yeah. A lot of Great, Mississippi uh, flavor last night, of course, when the Eagles and Chiefs get yeah, together. Eagles and the Chiefs, yeah. Chris yeah. Jones was unblockable. Maybe they should let Chris Jones and Willie Gay catch passes. They couldn't be any worse. Dwayne says, I'm giving away what I do in my spare time. No, this is just the time of the year, Dwayne, where I travel a lot, and I found a show with lots and lots of episodes and lots and lots of seasons, and so it hasn't been a binge watch that lasted for, you know, three weeks. It's been a binge watch that's lasted like the entire football season. Yeah. I, I hated the... You need to get in The Sopranos. I've been trying to tell you. It's an old, it's an old show, show, so if I spoil this, too bad. But when he starts dating his therapist, that's when I was like, all right, come on. This isn't Harvey. What, what are we doing here? That was he fairly short-lived. Uh, good, because that's not where oh, he should have been. Yes, privacy, short-lived. Yes. <laughs> we demand our privacy. The only oh, wait, South Park can, can reference can I've got is Can and I get an upfront payment for our podcast, by the way? Can, can, who do I need to negotiate with? Let's get Willie some right? phone. We want a million dollars up front. Mm-hmm. I promise, you know, at my current salary, I will work for 20 years doing podcasts. But can I get it up front? How much? A million. A million dollars. Yeah. And I promise I'll do everything I can to stay alive. And I'll record some extras in case I go early. And you can just, you know. Will, will, will your estate... Make your employer whole in the event that you and, do not. And then instead of future Brian, we have past Brian. Yeah. Uh, somebody says Billions is a great show, similar to Suits. Uh, I don't know you that I that, would say though. that Billions is similar to Suits, but I love Billions. Big fan. You ever watch and you go, these guys are amateurs. <laughs> no, they know about money. No, but... <laughs> I like the way Axe spins, though. Uh, that's not a guy that made a billion dollars and then decided to, you know, live like he always had. Yeah. <laughs> no G6, paid off Toyota Tacoma for him. Helicopter. Yeah. Hamptons. Mansion. Got the whole deal. Sports Talk Mississippi. Most of the time with you streaming at supertalk.fm and supertalk TV. Thanks for being with us. You can join us on the Ceasefire text line. At 601-879-4395. If you were looking forward to the Indoor Golf League, you have to wait a little longer. The, um, what was it, Borky, what did they call it? The Toxic Air Event? Yeah. Like the Big Dome 
that they had over Tiger and Rory's indoor golf course? Uh, it collapsed. So they're pushing back the whole league. But Tiger was going to play, mm. right? Yeah, and he's going to play in the he's, – he's back playing in tour events, the Hero World Challenge. Isn't that the one that he committed to? Anyway, he's back playing regardless of which one it is. he hosts that tournament, so not surprising that that's where he would come back. Uh, Sports Talk Mississippi, the mayor of Tupelo, Todd Jordan, will join us, former Mississippi State quarterback, to talk Egg Bowl memories next. It's time to get real. Real Sports Talk for Mississippi. It's time for you to get real with it. Sports Talk Mississippi continues on Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome back. Sports Talk Mississippi with you, streaming at supertalk.fm and Supertalk TV. Thanks for being with us on this Tuesday afternoon. We continue our conversations with former players and people who have been involved with the Egg Bowl through the year on the Farm Bureau guest line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team at Mississippi Farm Bureau. Uh, some people say that A.J. Brown is the mayor of Starkville. There are those that say uh, Jake Mangum is the mayor of Oxford. Todd Jordan, former quarterback at Mississippi State, is the actual mayor of Tupelo. And he joins us right now. Good afternoon, Todd. Guys, let me tell you something. Glad to be here, but you guys play the best lead-in music ever. Ever, I'm telling you. (laughs) And everybody says that y'all play the best music ever. I appreciate that. Uh, on behalf of Michael the entire Borky. show, but that is Michael Borky's doing, uh, hands down. We have neither Hey Dad nor I have anything to do with that time. And the message nothing boards will tell it. you that I am good at one thing, and that's it. <laughs> well, Richard, this was your chance to take responsibility for that, and you blew it. I know, I know. Um, but hey, I, just in case I want to be a mayor one day, I'm trying to learn how to delegate praise. I'll take the blame, and we'll delegate praise. Hey, that's what quarterbacks do, right? That's absolutely that's what right. Do it, it's everybody. Everybody gets the uh, everybody gets the the winnings, and you take the losses. All right. So, 1989, 91, 92, Uh Hey, Dad and I were talking yesterday, and we figured that the game that you would most want to spend a lot of time on was the '92 Egg Bowl. Uh, is that the one? I did it again. I did, that's twice I've done that. I did that to Sluter yesterday also. Oh, Todd, big picture, man. When you think Egg Bowl, you think your time at Mississippi State, What what's the first thing that comes to mind? Well, you know, we had we had several. And, and of course, the first two years, and I redshirted my sophomore year, was in Jackson. Uh, so, you know, we played off campus. Uh, 89 went down there and lost. And then 90, we had, uh, I guess, what people will remember, a big fight on the field mm-hmm. in 90. And I guess that was really almost, I guess, the first memorable fight between Ole Miss and State uh, in recent years. And then came back to campus when Coach Sherrill got to, got to Mississippi State. He first thing he said was, why are we playing a rivalry game away from home? So he brought it back. So that was a great atmosphere in 91. We were lucky enough to uh, – to pull that one out, and then of course, uh, what Ole Miss fans remember is 1992. And if anybody went to that game, they remember it's the coldest game that ever was in Oxford. I mean, it was sleeting, snowing. All we had were heaters with those big, uh, I guess, tur- 
torch heaters, and unless you had your foot or hands right in front that were burning it, you really didn't get any heat. But that was the year that Ole Miss stopped us, I think, seven times inside the 10, right there at the end of the game. Uh, so that's, I think, probably what Ole Miss remembers most about that time. But 93, obviously, my senior year, um, you know, we were fortunate enough to win in Starkville. And, and look, Ole Miss had some great defenses back then. Joe Lee Dunn, I think, in 92, had number one defense in the country. 90, 93 had number two. So, you know, we had to do a few trick plays. I think we had a, a fleet picker to Eric Moles uh, uh, to start the scoring off early. But, you know, that was just a a battle in Starkville, and we were fortunate to, to come away with the victory. I'm on a 31-game Egg Bowl streak, Todd, and so that means that was the first one right there was, was that 93 game. I can still remember that flea flicker play and Michael Davis carrying the ball 40 times in that game. What, what a, a good win for the Bulldogs. But your Egg Bowl rivalry, to me, it goes back a little further because you were the number one quarterback in the state coming out of high school and hotly re- recruited you know, between, between State and Ole Miss. What is the Egg Bowl like from a recruiting perspective? Well, I've been to two games in Oxford, three uh, two games in Oxford in my life. Well, I'm three games. One is when I played. Two is when I was being recruiting and recruited, and three is to see Herschel Walker. Uh, so that is the only three games I've ever seen in Oxford. Uh, the one with recruiting, I mean, it's and a little history. My, my grandparents lived in Starkville. My grandfather worked for the university, so I grew up. And Starkville, basically, weekends, summers, going to football games. Um, so the Ole Miss State rivalry really began a, a lot, uh, a long time before I was being recruited. Obviously, uh, Coach Billy Brewer knew I wasn't coming to Oxford, but, but they recruited me like they would anybody else, and they were very cordial. Uh, couldn't say anything bad about that whole coaching staff, and, you know, Recruiting in general back then, it, it was a process, and, and it was wonderful. But, you know, I couldn't imagine what recruiting would be today with all the NIL money and, and things like that. And, and But, you know, just, just the Ole Miss recruiting, it was, it's pretty much non-existent because I was a state fan growing up. Yeah. Hey, you know, it's not that far from Tupelo to Oxford. I can help you out with tickets if you want to get to a fourth game over here. Really well, hey, I, I I really need to do that. Uh, I, I've got a daughter at Mississippi State now, so we get try, we try to get down there to at least tailgate to see her, even though she's home now for holidays, and she get she'll just show up and say, "Hey, I need some clothes washed." But nevertheless, good to see her. But we're, we're down there. <laughs> but hey, I would be glad. But this is my only stipulation. Okay, I'm not sitting outside. I got to sit in a box. How about that? <laughs> I can make that happen for you, uh, Todd. I, I have connections that'll. I, I've sat in the skybox, and I, Richard's never done that. But I, I've sat in a skybox in Oxford. I'll make that happen. Don't you worry. We'll get you up there next year. You and I watch the Egg Bowl together. Only, uh, not for the Mississippi State game, and I won't cheer for the other team. I will promise you that. All right. He's he's not saying he wants to do it for it. Like he would rather go watch Ole Miss play ULM or or, or something like that. Okay. Just well. A, a good game, but I, I I am game. I've never been to the Grove. I would like uh, my wife and I to have that experience really? just once. Huh? So yeah, I've, I've never done it. 
All right. Well, we will we will work on that. Todd, when when you look at this year's game, um, what what stands out for you? This is uh, obviously it's been a tough season for Mississippi State, and yet here we are at the end. They've still got a chance. Uh, for bowl eligibility with a win, and for Ole Miss, they're trying to win 10 games in the regular season for the second time ever. Um, people point out that sometimes strange things happen in, in rivalry games. Well, well, I believe we've seen it. Uh, you know, but if you will look back, and and I go back to the end of the, the Cheryl years and Croom years, and when it seemed like Ole Miss has really got that better team, that, that they put it on us. I mean, it, it you, know, you look back at, oh, well, Jackie Sherrill's last game in Starful, we may win. Nope, killed us. So when you look at uh, when things are really on the line for Ole Miss, they come through. And I hate to say that because I'm a Mississippi State person, but I go back to uh, way back to when I heard Jack Crystal uh, on the radio one time on a coaching show. A lady called in and said, you know, Mr. Crystal, you're always putting State down. You do this or that. He, he said, ma'am, I'm going to tell you what. I call it like I see it. So even though I'm a state fan, it's going to be tough for Mississippi State to win on Thursday night. I, I know that. What do you make of Will Rogers watching his career? You know, Will's done some great things. Uh, you know, we went to the LSU game, Richard, and and he was just out of rhythm. We had changed offenses. I thought it was a it was a terrible decision. I'm not a coach. I don't make that money, but. I went through a coaching change. Mm-hmm. And to try to change offenses to personnel that you don't have is a disaster. Uh, you know, when Coach Sherrill came in, uh, we had guy, we had offensive linemen that were six foot, six one. So instead of him saying, okay, we're going to be a back, drop back passing team, we're going to run the option. And we were very successful at it until he got the players that he wanted in, the personnel. And and you saw it pretty quickly. You know, his thing was, hey, I'm not, I don't want an offensive lineman unless they're 6'5". So you evolve. So changing uh, an offense to personnel that you don't have is tough in the year. And I think Will has come back and done a good job uh, last weekend. He kind of, you know, got in rhythm a little bit. But Will Rogers is not a drop-back three-, four-second guy in the pocket. He has to get the ball out quick. Uh, but I, I think as far as his career, I think Will's done – an excellent job. He's not that big. Uh, he doesn't have a great arm, but he knows his limits. And, uh, you know, with Coach Leach, I mean, he, he exploited that. He knew what he had, and he used it. Certainly did. I mean, that was an offense that was uh, was absolutely tailored for him. Todd, this has been fun. Really appreciate you spending a few minutes with us. Uh, wish you and your family a happy Thanksgiving, and uh, hope uh, you enjoy the Egg Bowl. Just not too much on uh, on Thursday night. I hope he has a I'm great enjoy, night. I'm going to enjoy it either way, guys. Hey, I appreciate you having me, having me on. Give me a shout anytime. Happy holidays. Sounds great. That's Todd Jordan. He's the mayor Thank of Tupelo. Mayor. Former quarterback at, uh, at Mississippi State. You heard him say that uh, he redshirted his sophomore year, so he was at Mississippi State and played yeah. in 89, uh, had a couple of touchdown passes in 1989, played a little bit in 1991, and then 92 and 93 at Mississippi State. 93 was his best season uh, in 11 games, yeah. threw for just shy of 2,000 yards with 11 touchdowns and nine interceptions. That's Todd Jordan. Real quick, we, we have to say, real quick, we have to say that during the break, Borky was like, 
Oh my gosh, this guy is actually the mayor of Tupelo. I thought that was just like a fun nickname he had, like Mangum or or whatever. He, he did not realize that Todd Jordan was the actual mayor of Tupelo. Did he know he, it? He he won that title fair and square fair and in square. an election. Sports Talk Mississippi. All guests join us on the Farm Bureau guest line. More Sports Talk Mississippi now. now. You left out a uh, key stat there for Todd Jordan, by the way. Great punter. All-SEC punter. State starting quarterback and punter his uh, his senior year. Averaged 43 yards a kick. A punt. Yeah. Yeah. He was not much of a runner, though. <laughs> he was not. They left that to Sleepy Robinson when he was here. They did. They absolutely did. Um... Good stuff. It was a fun conversation. You see, hey, when, Dad, he, when he was talking about the switch from the triple option, it, it was not so much that State got better linemen in. It's that Todd Jordan was the quarterback of there. We can't run the triple option anymore. Eh, well, maybe a combination of things, perhaps. Yeah. Uh, I feel like I owe you an apology. I promised you so this would be the second, another one. Yeah, the this is the second today. one today. I promised, the I, I, I promised you something last week. I promised you something last week. And I have fulfilled uh, failed to fulfilled. fulfill that promise. <laughs> it's fulfilled to fill that promise. <laughs> Not as bad as his Rutgers record that. yesterday, though. I oh promise you that every single day I would ask you, Hey, Dad, has Mississippi ah. State hired a new football coach yet? And so, no! They have not. Are they making any? But we're getting progress? somewhere. Where, 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 are they making any progress? Yeah, I or, feel like some or progress. Are they, are they just asking for more privacy? But this search, this search has a lot of privacy involved in it. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of privacy in this search. We're not we're not beholden to a lot of details. There also um, appear to be um, opposing points of view with regard to who actually is a candidate. There, there are. There are that, and uh, you know it depends. It, it's becoming a situation almost like who do you ask, who you ask. If you ask one person, you get one idea. If you ask one person, you might get another one. So only one guy knows for sure, and unfortunately for all of us, he's not talking. Uh, but I, I do. I think state. I think the search is still ongoing. I don't think state's near a decision. Someone's near a decision yet. M- my time frame when we first started talking about this was. That you know, I'd like. I would like. If I'm Mississippi State, I would like to have my coach in place by the SEC championship game. So that gives you another eight, nine, ten days, whatever it is, to get there. So that's what. That's what you know. If State doesn't announce the coach on Friday, if they don't announce the coach on Monday. I'm not. I'm not mm-hmm. in panic mode. Yeah. If they get past Saturday, and there's no coach, then I'm gonna start looking around, going, "What? What's the holdup? Because you've got a signing day to put together. You've got a class to put together. You got to do it." And that portal opens. Yeah. And you've got to be prepared for when the portal opens, if you catch my drift. Well, but but hold on a second. Yes. Let, let's, let's go with – let's pause just for a second. 
I want to go back and give you a historical timeline. Fun little story that goes uh-huh. along with this. I once broke the news of who Ole Miss's head coach was going to be when Hugh Freeze was hired at Ole Miss. Oh, look at you. Um, and that news that I got came from an unsuspecting... Now, there are others that would claim that they were first, but if you want to go back and check the Twitter timelines, you will see that I was first. Um, and uh, there was an athletics director from a school not named Ole Miss that provided that information to me at the time. Okay. I'm saying. Um, but... Was it an SEC member institution? It was. It was. Oh. That, um, so Hugh Freeze followed Houston Dale Nutt, right? Yes, that is his middle name, too. Correct. Yeah. And Houston Dale was fired during the season, but was allowed yes. to finish out the regular season. And right. it was the Saturday night of the SEC championship game. When ah, you were in attendance, I, I broke the news that, yeah, but the person who passed that information along to me wasn't crazy. Dude. Oh, so it wasn't like you ran into him and no, then no, like, no, oh, no, 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 like I called you got me a text and, and told me, yeah, or called you. Okay, right. um, so it's kind of kind of interesting at the time, but timeline wise, that was Saturday of the SEC championship game with a similar. Mm-hmm kind of in-season change search had been ongoing structure. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, I mean, if you get to middle of the week after the SEC championship game, then things have probably gotten a little weird. You're getting in trouble. You're getting into trouble at that point. Yeah. But Zach Selman is so, very aware of the, the importance of yeah, he's, time. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not overly worried about it. But you also can't rush. Like, I mean, if... If you zero in on your guy and you try to get it done and it doesn't happen, that doesn't mean you make a a, a speedy I, hire just to get it done. I don't. I don't think we we stressed enough how important this hire. This is the the Mullen hire from '09. This this is the the hire that's going to define what state is for the next decade. Because Ole Miss is on a high right now. If you make the wrong hire, you're, you're going to be in dire dire straits. Especially with the, I mean, this being the year that Texas and Oklahoma join the SEC. Yeah, yeah, that doesn't help. Yeah, who did Dan Mullen replace? <laughs> who was it? If you if you've contracted post traumatic Sylvester disorder, please contact our attorneys at one eight hundred Right Way. The forgotten years, sports talk Mississippi. Oh, I haven't forgotten. We'll be back. The officials decided after some discussion with both coaches and with the group of themselves, there would be no ejections, and both coaches sighed a relief there. They're going to let these guys go at it from here on, but there were some ugly moments in that pregame fight, but it was so widespread they didn't feel like that they could uh, adequately adjudicate any penalties to either side, so they let them both go as they are. Five o'clock hour on this Tuesday. We are getting closer. This is Sports Talk Mississippi with you in the Pearl River Resort Studios. 
Pearl River Resort is the home of the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club. Visit them online at Dancing Rabbit Golf to book your tee time, or you might reach out to the folks at Dancing Rabbit. You know those people that are hard to shop for in your life, but they play golf? If they play golf, I'm just going to let you in on a little secret. I think Borky will co-sign on this. If, if you have someone in your life who plays golf, and you really don't, and you think that you should get them a golf gift, don't. Unless they have talked to you specifically about what they want. Because the truth of the matter is golfers are really picky. They kind of like the same kind of tees. They have their preferred golf ball. They have bought or requested the irons and the driver and the wedges and the putter they want. They probably have an opinion about the kind of golf bag that they carry. They don't want plastic or rubber iron covers. They may have a specific thought on the head cover that they have on their driver, their three wood. The ones they have may have sentimental value. So trying to do that, that's a dangerous game. But you know how you can win? You buy them a gift certificate to a place like the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club, and you hand it to them, and then they can go do what they love. Perfect. And you have just given the perfect gift. You want to do that, call the folks at Dancing Rabbit, and they'll set you up. You can do a gift card, gift certificate, pay for it in advance, however you want to do it. They'll take care of you at Dancing Rabbit Golf Club. Dancing Rabbit, part of Pearl River Resort. C-SPAR text line is open, 601-879-4395. Connect and protect. That's the plan that connects your kids and gives you the peace of mind to know that they are safe because they are protected with parental controls and other safety measures in place. Learn more at cspire.com. C-SPAR customer inspired. There's the music that can only mean it's time for the college football fix. College Football Fix is driven by Ford and your local Mississippi Ford dealers. Log on to buyfordnow.com and find out why the best-selling trucks are built Ford Tough. Um, this is cool. What a cool idea. Uh, this is from earlier this afternoon. Hail State Twitter. Halftime on Thursday, drone show at Davis Wade. What a cool idea. So there'll be like drones flying over the stadium, probably making shapes and like a big Hail State thing or maybe the Banner M State logo or maybe it's interlocking MSU. I I don't know. Maybe. like that one better. So that'll be cool. Addition to the... Festivities on Thanksgiving night. Drone shows aren't cool until we get a drone depiction of the DK Metcalf Elijah Moore dog pee celebration. That is when the drone show will be cool. It definitely would be the Elijah Moore one if uh, it was we're in Starkville. Starkville. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I did see somebody say, I forget who it was, it was on uh, on Twitter that it was a Mississippi State fan that was like, I'm glad they're doing it at halftime instead of going into the fourth quarter when the game is going to be ugly at that point. No one's going to be there to see it. I thought, 
Man, I don't know if everybody's just feeding off a of hey dad, but I mean, I, I, I do move the needle. I haven't spent my entire life in Mississippi, but I've been here since the fall of 2010. I mean, that, that's a long time, and that's that's 13 egg bowls that that I've seen. I have never seen such a defeated side going into this game, except for maybe Ole Miss 2011. Every Ole Miss fan on the planet knew they were going to go in there and get smoked that night, and they did. You've never seen State as a double-digit underdog. How about that? In in a season where, I mean, there have been seasons where both teams haven't been great, and there have been seasons where both teams have been really good. Mm -hmm. It's been a while since it was State bad, Ole Miss good in a season. So the the rivalry thing, because uh, we I asked it a couple weeks ago, but now that we're actually here, because Knox said it, and I understand why he did, and it, you're getting that a lot. Just well, throw the record books out when the the rivals get together, which I don't, I, I never have seen a football game where the the records of the teams factored into the outcome of the game. I mean, it's not soccer where there's aggregate and then road goals, whatever the heck that is. Uh, but do you subscribe to that? where these two teams on paper are what they are, but because it's the Egg Bowl, none of that matters. And you just throw it all out and abandon everything you think you know about the two teams on the field. Is that really how we should think about games like this? Like, Does that bear out over the years? Well, what I said on the podcast the other day is they say crazy, you know, crazy things do happen in the Egg Bowl. Absolutely they do. We get all sorts of weird stuff. But it's usually not the result. The result is usually the the, the better team wins. And so it's, it's been a, a while since the last real upset was, was six years ago, 2017. Um, and that's when Ole Miss won here in Starkville. Uh, prior to that, the last real upset would have been t- 2009. I think the 2012 game was an upset, but I thought I think if you go back and, and go back to that game, there was Ole Miss had a lot of momentum, and there was just a lot of built into that game from the Ole Miss side, and and State was reeling at that point. They lost what three or four at that point. Oh nine's the last, you know, again the the uh, the real upset. Double digit State was a double digit underdog, so. And then the wheels came off of Houston Nut after that. Talked about that today. I said that it was that was the end of the Houston Nut tenure. When Dan Mullen got on the microphone and said, "There's one program in this state that's on the rise," that was it. There was no coming back for Nut, and, and he fell apart immediately after. And that was Dan's first year. First, first egg ball, yeah. Twelve was. That's Freeze's first year. Mm-hmm. State was going for four straight, and and Moncrief ate a lot that night. Yeah, he did, didn't he? He sure did. Um, and that was it for Crew. My favorite. That was the end of Sylvester Crew. No, I'm what? off on my years. Mullins' first egg bowl was '09. Croom was 04 to 08. Oh, I thought you said earlier in 13 when Mullen grabbed the mic. That was 09. No, that was 09. That was his first year. That's what he said. Okay. That's what, that's what I said. I got you. Sorry, I was distracted. Man, I I'll tell you, I'm just telling you right now. I'm, I'm getting. I'm getting.
What was that? Did you did you write this song? No, that sounds like you actually. Quality uh, quality entertainment there. Have I ever told you my favorite story involved not involving the game that happened at this game? Mm-mm. About me trying to leave this game? Uh, maybe, but I don't know if I remember it. Feel free to tell, I'll tell it, again. it again. So we uh, about about his second touchdown. We're just like enough. It's time to go. We're not winning this one. So we get out, and we had the phone number for the hotel shuttle, and they uh, they don't pick up. They're not picking up. Okay. So so we find a you know one of those uh, those vans that's a cab, right? And we're like, hey, can we take us back to? I forget where we're staying. We take us back. They're like, yeah, go ahead and get in. We got to wait on a guy though. Okay, so we're sitting there for a few minutes. We're like, what, what? Who are we waiting on? I'm not sure he is. He, he said he was handicapped, and we're going to wait on him. I was like, oh, okay, it's no problem. We sit there a few minutes, and then I see a guy in a wheelchair coming near near the van. I was like, is that our guy? No, he, 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 I don't think that's him. He said he had Crohn's disease. And one of my friends looks at the driver and says, that's that's not a handicap. He's like, I know, but I'm not. I, I told him I'd wait. At the, about this point, we hear a huge roar from inside the stadium. My buddy leans forward. He's like, I'll give you 50 bucks to leave right now. Let's go. <laughs> and off we went. <laughs> <laughs> and that was that. I have had enough. We've had, we've had enough. We're like, we're getting out of this stadium. It was the last thing we do. It is always good to know when money plays. Yeah, you're right. It's like, hey, just let me know the rules. Can I jump to the front of the line for a tip? Money plays? Mm -hmm. Good to know. All I want to know is the rules. Sports Talk Mississippi. That's your college football fix. We've got the uh, fishy line of the week coming up next. Exciting news. Yourself. More Sports Talk Mississippi now. Ceasefire text line 601-879-4395. Stuff can happen in a rivalry game. Like Nick Saban is literally tanks, uh, Tank Bigsby. Stupidly running out of bounds away from currently having a three-game losing streak in Jordan-Hare. It makes no sense. Sometimes rivalries don't make any sense. That said, the start is important for Mississippi State. They need to score on their first drive. Agreed. I don't know if it's even... I don't even know about the... I think it's more important for them to not let Ole Miss score on their first drive. That's that's the Ole Miss way, right? To get up 7 nothing. Go ahead and start putting the pressure on. You can get them off the field the first drive. That's a huge win. You're right about that. You're you're absolutely right about that. Okay. It is time for the fishy line of the week. The fishy line of the week is brought to you by PTG Outdoors with locations 
Oh, couple of locations in the state of Mississippi, Greenville and Grenada, online at ptgoutdoors.com. They got all kinds of good stuff going on at PTG Outdoors. But let's talk about maintenance just for a second. You have a four-wheeler. You have a UTV. You have a side-by-side. You have any kind of powered vehicle that you use this time of year. And the fact of the matter is, regardless of how reliable those vehicles are, from time to time they break. Because you're going in places that have mud, sand, sticks, and logs, and stuff just happens. And when stuff happens, you need to get it fixed. And if you've ever had to take your small engine outdoor vehicle to a repair shop, you know that sometimes you can find yourself without your four-wheeler or your side-by-side or your utility vehicle for a lot longer than you want to think. So what do you do? Well, you go see our friends at PTG Outdoors in Grenada and in Greenville. They will get you in and out as quickly as is humanly possible. you got a really good maintenance shop, and they will take care of you. Some shops might take as much as a month or two. Don't make that mistake. And also don't make the mistake of not getting the winterization done on your boat or your RV. We got some really cold weather just around the corner. Make sure you are prepared. PTGoutdoors.com. Their phone number is 662-459-9311. 662-459-9311. You can call and ask to speak to Brandon or Ron, and if you don't mind, do us a solid. Tell them you heard about PTG Outdoors on Sports Talk Mississippi. They sponsor our Fishy Line of the Week. It's where we look at all the lines for all the games in college football and go, yeah, that one just doesn't make a whole lot of sense. I want to go first this week. Go ahead. I would like to go to Friday afternoon at 3 o'clock on the hill in Fayetteville, Arkansas. The Arkansas Razorbacks are hosting the Missouri Tigers. This is a game that, frankly, is pretty similar to the Egg Bowl in terms of the trajectory of the two teams. Now, Arkansas has not made a coaching change. Mississippi State did. Missouri has a nine-win season. They're currently number nine in the country. Ole Miss has a nine-win season. They're currently number 10 in the country. Ole Miss is a big favorite. They're a double-digit favorite against Mississippi State. Missouri is not. Missouri is only a seven-and-a-half-point favorite over Arkansas in Fayetteville. And that comes on the tails of the news that Rocket Sanders and Rashad Dubinian are both out and will not play in the, not questionable, not hoping that they can get something, out, not playing. Sandler's has been battling a knee injury all season long, but he tore his labrum in the first quarter of their game last week. And Dominion came out of that game with a knee injury that turned out to be a torn meniscus. So Arkansas's top two running backs are out for the game. They have struggled all season long. When we last saw them in an SEC game in Fayetteville, they got beat 38 to 10 by Auburn. 48. 48 to 10. I'm 48. sorry. 
And yet Missouri is only a seven and a half point favorite. That doesn't just smell fishy. That one stinks. Something's not right there. That don't make no sense. Quickly, Bo in Indianola wanted the number once again for PTG Outdoors. He said, I've got an ATV that's torn up right now. Here's the number, Bo. It is 662-459-9311. I'll text it to you so you've got it right there handy as well. Hey, Dad, give me a fishy line. You know, I want it to be the Egg Bowl, but I'll go a different way. But we will stay with the rivalry game. I know that Oregon's playing really good football right now. They're 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 playing outstanding football, and they they are they are probably going to end up with that Pac-12 championship. I think they'll beat Washington in the rematch. Oregon State has lost three games this year by less than a combined ten points. If I'm reading this right, they lost by three to Washington State, three to Arizona, and That's two eight. to Washington. That's eight. So that's eight points, yeah. They're a 13-and-a-half-point underdog this weekend. I mean, Oregon State's a good team. They're a physical football team. They could, they... At night in Alson. I know, I know where it is, but I'm just saying it's a rivalry game. Right. Oregon State's a physical football team. That matches up well with Oregon in terms of, I mean, Oregon's not, they're going to let Oregon just punch them in the mouth. I, I, that line's too high for me. I, I, I think Oregon State will cover that with some relative ease. Okay. Borky? I know they're down to their third-string quarterback, but they've had health issues all year. Kansas is on the road at 3-8 and eight Cincinnati, who, by the way, uh, don't hire coaches that are about to get fired. Should be a general principle in coaching searches. If the guy you're looking at is about to be fired by his current employer, you shouldn't hire him. Satterfield was thrown a lifeline for some reason by Cincinnati, and guess what? They stink. Almost, you know, could have seen that coming. But anyway, only six and a half points in favor of the Jayhawks in this game. I know they lost to Kansas State last week in a close one. Probably should have won the game. Doesn't matter. They didn't. But on the road at three-win Cincinnati, and you're less than a touchdown favorite, doesn't really add up. Now, they know that they're going to be distracted with Lance Leipold coming to Mississippi State. Oh, oh! did you just drop a nugget? I uh, know. I just made something up out of thin air. Oh, okay. That happens a lot. Other people Very do it. Very good. Oh. Throw enough at the wall. You know, Shot fired. stick eventually. Shot fired. All right. Those are your fishy lines of the week. They're brought to you by PTG Outdoors. Check out their website, ptgoutdoors.com. That's ptgoutdoors.com. Give them a call at 662-459-9311 or visit one of their two locations in Greenville or Grenada. And don't forget those winterizations. I I can assure you that the money you spend preparing to not have your engine freeze or parts of your outdoor equipment freeze, your RV or your boat, uh, I promise you the money you spend on that preparing will be far less than the money you spend to fix it if you did not get it winterized. Oh, you had it. You had it. The money you spend preparing will be far less than the money you spend repairing. Oh, that's a good one. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. We there together. we go. There we go. There you go. Uh, so there you go. Uh, and our friends at PTG Outdoors wish you a happy Thanksgiving. Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm, Supertalk TV. We will uh, Let's look at the, the lines on the games involving SEC teams when we come out and come back, and a, a few other games that are pretty high profile going into rivalry weekend. Yeah, including one where somehow, someway, you know how hard it is to get the country to love Ohio State? Basically impossible, right? Mm-hmm. The entire United States of America that does not have a direct affiliation with the University of Michigan will be rooting for Ohio State uh-uh. on Saturday. Uh-uh. That's not that's not right, Borky. Hey, that's, that oh, is, yeah. that is incorrect. Jim Harbaugh let us know last week in no uncertain terms that the Michigan Wolverines were America's team. <laughs> so it's not possible for you to be correct in what you just said. I mean, and the, the rating number, not that... You know anybody cares if oh. TV executives oh, get? Geez. I mean, you're you're talking like, shoot, thirty millions too many. But I, I was going to uh, say I'll definitely I think check in on it from LSU A and M. But yeah, there's there's a good chance they hit twenty million for this game. I, I bet they will yeah. do better than all three playoff slash national championship games from last year. I bet it will do better than all of them. Oof. 11 a.m. the day after Thanksgiving is a pretty good viewing window. Oh, yeah. Sports Talk Mississippi. We're back with two you. Two days right after Thanksgiving is even better. Imagine. What if they played it two days after Thanksgiving? Insane. <laughs> Maybe they should do I heard they moved it to then. Here comes more Sports Talk Mississippi. You ready, guys? On Super Talk Mississippi. South Mississippi is brought to you in part by Visit Oxford. Find them online at visitoxfordms.com. Fourth annual Holly Jolly Holidays is happening right now. The ice rink is at the old Armory Pavilion. That's the Oxford City Pavilion at the intersection of Bramlett Boulevard and uh, University Avenue. And uh, it's a lot of fun. My kids have already been there once, and I got the, hey, can we go ice skating today? earlier today? Um, so real ice, um, did you guys ice skate last Friday? It wasn't ready. Oh, really? Wasn't ready. Mm. All right. Well, that's a bummer. Not that it wasn't ready. It's a bummer that we didn't get video and photography of, uh, of you two on skates. I would have loved to have gotten hate out on one of those little dolphins. Really great turnout on Sunday night for the square lighting. The whole Oxford Square turned into a snow globe thing. A lot of people out for that. And uh, that episode of Small Town Christmas, which was filming there for the lighting of the town square and a bunch of other stuff, will air December 16th on Fox Business Network. Learn more at visitoxfordms.com or on any of their social media channels. So let's look at games that are happening this weekend and the corresponding odds as put out by uh, the people, uh, the the odds makers, the the Vegas folks. So Ole Miss State's going down to 10. It 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 has moved. It's currently at 10. Talk Missouri, Arkansas, that 
Am I crazy for that being a fishy line for Missouri Not only crazy being a seven and a half point favorite? That doesn't make no. sense to me. No, it's I'm, you're you're on pace. Well, and, and if you're at least ten and a half, it should be at least matching what Ole Miss is to Mississippi State. And if you're an Ole Miss fan and, and your team secures the win on Thursday, go ahead and root hard for the Razorbacks. Do the whole woo pig suey thing. Do it all. Mm-hmm. Don't eat bacon that day. I mean, just you know, be be very pro hog. Or maybe you eat bacon in support of the pigs. I don't think that's very supportive. No, uh, you, that's you not how that to. works. Yeah, but no, it's you got to go with like a reverse thinking. Yeah, I think we talked about this before, but Arkansas fans eating pork products at the tailgate, I think it's is a show of solidarity. I think it's it's crazy. You're eating the mascot. They are. They don't want those pigs to have died in vain. That's true. They didn't have to die though if we didn't eat pigs. Yes. Of course, then pigs, they, pigs would take did. over the country if we didn't eat pigs. And, if we didn't so, eat pigs, this, this country would be ruled by pigs. That's a good point, actually. Yeah. By the way, if uh, if Missouri uh, if Missouri wins that game, I will clinch my picking with Robbie Falk, and uh, my dinner will be on his tab. I may just I may have him take you to dinner, so, just so I can make up for the ones can, that you owe me. <laughs> I owe you one, one well, for now. For now, then I can do transitive property though. Thursday night, it'll be two. After Thursday night, it'll be two. Right? Yeah. Okay. It will. That's why I said dinners. Dinners. Uh, Kentucky is only a seven-point dog. Come to your house and smoke a lasagna for you. How about that? That'd be great. Uh, Louisville favored by seven. In the Governor's Cup against Kentucky? Louisville's been playing with fire for weeks, man. I mean, for weeks. Is this the the time where they slip up? I don't know. But they have really survived uh, these last few weeks, and maybe somebody will come up and bite them. Maybe, and goodness gracious, aren't we trending quickly toward the point where Mark Stoops needs a win like this? You know what Mark Stoops needs? Kirk Ferentz to retire. I say a, a fresh start. Mm-hmm. LSU favored by eleven and a half against Texas A and M in Baton Rouge. Feels low. I, I'm going to raise my hand low. and I'm going to tell you that I think LSU covers this number by a lot because this is Jaden Daniels' last opportunity to make an impression on Heisman voters. Bo yeah. Nix is going to have another chance. Michael Penix is going to have another chance. Um, Marvin Harrison Jr. is going to have another chance. This is it mm-hmm. for Jaden Williams. Mm-hmm. And he's going to try to go out with a bang. Jaden Daniels. Hopefully Got off into tackles on the brain. Yeah, yeah, I know. Uh, Bama 14 and a half at Auburn. Weird things happen when this game is at Jordan-Hare, but... Not this time. No, I agree. Is this one close and funky or no? No. Like, I don't think so, but like I mean, fifty-two to three, no. no. Oh no, I don't know if like that, but I, I do. I do 10? think Alabama. Yeah, nah, we're getting this there. Auburn offense could not score on literally anybody but Arkansas, and they were aided with some help elsewhere. They couldn't score on Vanderbilt. They couldn't score. On Ole Miss, they or could. New Mexico State. 
and New Mexico State. They couldn't score on Cal. They are. I may awful. have messed up your punchline there. I'm it, sorry. It's fine. It doesn't matter. I, I mean, that's the thing. I, and I mean, I know it was a long time ago, but you think Nick Saban's forgotten? You, you, no. you don't think he wants to send a message to the new in-state rival that's beaten him twice? Yes, I do. I do. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I could, I could, I, I, if he has the opportunity, yes. I don't know that the opportunity will present itself like that, though. Tennessee favored by twenty-seven over Vanderbilt in Nashville. not enough. You know, Vandy's had two weeks to get ready for this one. They have not enough. Florida State is a six and a half point favorite over Florida in the swamp at night in a battle of backup quarterbacks. The backup bowl. And again, for an Ole Miss fan out there that wants an access bowl, what you want Florida State to do, you you need to pass Louisville, and you need Florida State to miss the playoff. Yes, that is correct. You, You want the ACC not to have a playoff representative. They are guaranteed a spot in the Orange Bowl, which means either one or two of the 12 spots will be taken by a team from the ACC. Georgia's a 24-point favorite at Georgia Tech. This one is at night. It traditionally has been a noon kickoff. It is now a night kickoff. There's part of me that's like, I don't know, Georgia Tech's been you know okay, but there's another part of me that watched Georgia the last two weeks and you go, nope, this, this snowball is rolling downhill and you do not want to be in front of it. Clemson favored by seven at South Carolina. Couple of national games. Beamer's going to survive, mm-hmm. you know. Of course, unless he takes the Mississippi State job. Um, but he kind of needs this <laughs> one. <laughs> he does kind of need this one. Uh, the, the Kentucky game helped him, sure. But I mean, as you guys know, if you've got a little bit of momentum, it disappears if you lose to your in-state rival. And he's got a little bit of momentum. Lose to Clemson, and it's all gone. I did get a question. Uh, is Hugh going to put his foot down and call plays for this game? Or do we know? It's Alabama. We don't know. Okay. Could be. The um, I'm telling you guys, I think it's going to be a great watch. Friday afternoon in New Orleans, Tulane is a three-point favorite against UTSA. That's got a chance to be a really good football game. It should and be a really just, fun Exciting football game. Should have a good atmosphere for it. Um, mm-hmm. If Tulane wins, they will yeah. host the conference championship game the following week as well. So um, UTSA has been playing really good football. I thought Tulane looked better last week, and they're getting healthier. Yeah. Michigan, field goal favorite over Ohio State. Who are they playing? Ohio State. Okay, that's right. And that game, you know. I was just double checking. That game is on Saturday, two days yes. after Thanksgiving. Two days after Thanksgiving. Normally, throughout my life, I have cheered for Michigan in this game. I don't know what it is about Ohio State. I just I never have liked them. Maybe it's because you know in Vicksburg, uh, Vicksburg High School's fight song is "It's Hail to the Gators," but it's the same fight song. Maybe that's it. I don't know the reason. I've always cheered for Michigan in this game. Not this year. Nope. Not this year. 
I want them to lose by 50. Ohio State's defense is really good. traditional uniforms? Will they wear... Yeah, I would imagine they would. They didn't two years ago. They did the all-blue thing. Yeah. No, they all just traditional. It's traditional. Both sides. Ohio State's worn like and all Ohio gray State, there before, I will, too. It was weird. I, w I want Ohio State to do the uh, whatever they did. In the, it was in the 60s or 70s where they took down the big banner. Stewarty. I want them to have the unmitigated gall... The, the audacity. Banner? Yes. I want Ooh. that. Just, just take it down. Ooh. One of the great Ohio audio State clips of our time. I've been to one Ohio State-Michigan game. Sadly, it was in Columbus. I hear Ann Arbor is a much nicer place to, to go, and I would imagine so. There was a guy selling T-shirts on a street corner that had Michigan across the chest and, and the Nike logo, but it was somebody's arm that had one finger coming up out of the hand underneath Michigan, but in the shape of the ah. Nike logo. It was so it was a bird swoosh. Yep. Uh, I think Michigan Stadium is going to be electric, which doesn't happen all that often. Here we go. Sports Talk Mississippi. Here's more Super Talk Mississippi. Days you just need a truck more than others. Today was one of those days. Hauling off garbage, ripping plants out of their planters, going to pick up new plants to replace them with. Just throwing a bunch of stuff in the back and never worrying about it. Uh, it's like you need a truck. And if you need a truck, then I would encourage you to visit Belk Ford. Those are the folks that I have trusted since I was 16 years old. 17 years old, and since then, so that's, Borky, if you want to do the math for me, feel free. I think that's 26 years. Um, Double-digit vehicles I've gotten from Belk Ford in the last 26 years, and they've always been good to me. They've always taken care of me. The vehicles have always been reliable, and if there was ever anything that needed to be done, they fixed it, um, and they will treat you the exact same way. <clears throat> you want the dealership that you do business with to be one that you trust. And you can take my word for it. You can trust the folks at Belk Ford and at Oxford Toyota. They're not going to be pushy. They'll help you get in the vehicle that you want. They'll do the best they can uh, with whatever the financing options you are that you feel comfortable with. And then they're there with service after the sale. Great service department. You, um, you'll get done whatever you need done and in a timely manner as well. Belk Ford, Highway 6 West in Oxford. You can visit them online at belkford.net. But I would encourage you to stop by and see them in person and uh, and deal with them. Get to know them. Let them take care of you the way they have taken care of me and tell them that you heard about them on Sports Talk Mississippi. That's Belkford, Highway 6 West in Oxford. Is that something worth bringing to the show, Hey Dad? What's that? I just that saw text like a that I just big... Oh, no. I just saw no, don't read it. Okay. I won't read it. All right. 
Don't do it. You can read it to yourself. Yeah, but don't read it out loud. Well, what was your uh, other angle to the Ohio State-Michigan game, by the way? Oh, so all th- there are three college football shows there this weekend. Game Day is there. Big Noon is there. Barstool is there. And there's a lot of talk online right now that Game Day, nobody's showing. That they don't like ESPN. They don't like Feinbaum. They don't like all that. So they're going to Big Noon and going to Barstool. So we might see a, a very sparse college game day crowd at the biggest game of the year. Well, Ohio State fans, because I have affectionately described them as cockroaches, will go to game day then. It, it is. I mean, wouldn't that be the ultimate play if Michigan's like we're boycotting game day, and then Ohio State <laughs> just, like had a just pre-game a sea show of red. all to themselves? Dude, go just Google image Ohio State Michigan games and find the crowd shots of the ones uh, in the big house. It's like. 60-40 blue to red. They take over their rival stadium who's good with regularity. It makes no sense at all. They won't outdraw Michigan. No, that's no, what I'm saying. Like, six, yeah, yeah. But it's like there, there's so much red where it kind of looks like a bowl atmosphere. It, it's crazy. And they do that everywhere. Cockroaches, they are everywhere. Genteel is the official apparel provider of Sports Talk Mississippi. You can find them online at genteelapparel.com. Hey, Dad's got Genteel stripes on today. I've actually got the uh, – this is new this year. You can't stop pulling it up here so you can see. Um, they've got the uh, – <laughs> what, would you rather be a pair hey, just, hey, yeah, here we go. Let's see what's underneath. It's the, uh, that's the laugh I'm looking for from hey, Dad. No, all of in the past, all of their performances <laughs> have been like today? what you guys have got on the the performance fabric. This is more of a pique, um, so kind of a little more traditional style polo shirt. Pique. Yeah, but okay. it's got the stretch that a performance shirt has as well. Uh, you really like those. And then Borky was one of the new prints, the pullover. You like that one, don't you, Bork? Oh, I love this one. I love Good. the pattern. Dwayne said he loved your zip up, your quarter zip, but he was uh, he was playing with his eyes a little bit. It's a cool pattern. Sometimes hard to see on camera as well. Gentilapparel.com. They are the official apparel provider of Sports Talk Mississippi. And I've just coined this in the last few days. Can be the official apparel provider of you. And you get 10% off your order when you uh, enter your email address online. Uh, They'll take care of you. And if you're looking for a Christmas gift for the hard-to-shop-for person in your life, let them try Genteel. I think that will make you a winning gift giver this holiday season. Yeah, one more show until the uh, till the Egg Bowl. I have two more. <laughs> Not really worried about that one, bud. Not this week. You should be. You're on it. Oh, that's right. I am. I forgot. I for- what time is it? Immediately after this show. Six- Six twenty. I'm gonna make you make you sweat for a little bit. Stand around. You may have to call me. I'm I don't sure like to open with a guest. Me. Maybe I had like a good guest. You know, if Cole Kublik wanted to come on, maybe I could do that. But not you. Maybe so. Uh, thanks for being with us. Maybe so, if Tom Hart was going to be on. Yes, we have uh, we have more previewing of the Egg Bowl to do. And privacy. <laughs> privacy. Have a good night. For Borky and Haydad, I'm Richard Cross in the Pearl River Resort Studio. See you later.
Running a business is tough. If you're struggling with HR benefits and payroll, you're not alone. Many businesses just don't have the resources to keep up. That's where MWG Employer Services comes in. We provide a full range of employer services with everything from payroll to benefits to HR services and compliance and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. We're a Mississippi-based company that can help you focus on what you do best, growing your business. Call MWG Employer Services today at 601-206-7966 or go to MWG Employer Services A Super Talk Mississippi media production.